0: faithwire.com
1: Whoopi goldberg apologizes for holocaust comments then doubles down then apologizes again today is tuesday february 1st 2022 i'm dan andros we'll have that top story and more on today's four and three podcast from cbn's faithwire you can find us on itunes go ahead and subscribe there we are here monday through friday and we would love to have you join us joining me as always tragon's Phillips and Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faith Wire with a look at what's coming up Trey you're going to be talking about Ben Roethlisberger even though you're not a big sports
0: fan we're going to be talking about his comments about pornography and his past addiction to it because it takes a lot of courage to talk about that uh, so I think it's worth highlighting mm. Mm.
2: We're also going to be talking about this amazing story out of Africa about a potentially deadly scenario that was thwarted by a simple act of love.
1: There we go. All right. Well, we're going to start here with story number one and Whoopi Goldberg, a host on The View, a morning talk show featuring a female hosts. Uh, they, she got into some hot water for some comments that she made about the Holocaust. And um, what she said was basically that it was not about race. Um, Joy Behar had pushed back and said, well, they consider Jews a different race. And then Goldberg said, it's not about race, not about race. And Behar asked, well, what's it about? And she said, man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. Uh, then uh, and Navarro interjected and said, but it's about white supremacy. It's about going after Jews and gypsies. And uh, sh- and then Goldberg said, but it's not about, that. these are two white groups of people. How do we, they came after black people too, Behar pointed out, noting that the Nazis had not considered Jews to be white either. And then Goldberg said, no, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. It doesn't matter if you're black or white because black, white, Jews, Italians, everybody eats each other. So is it, if you're uncomfortable and you hear about this this book that uh, that um, called Mouse that was in um, the schools, that's what prompted the conversation because uh, they pulled the book because of some graphic images for middle schoolers, etc. And she said, "Should you be worried? Should your child say, you know, oh my goodness, I wonder if that's me?'" No, that's that's not what they're going to say. They're going to say, "I don't want to be like that," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, it's talking about the need to educate people on it, but. Um, Did not receive well the comments there from Goldberg. Uh, Ben Shapiro said, Whoopi Goldberg explaining that the Holocaust wasn't about race because there were two groups of white people isn't just stupid, it's insidious. She said it's downplaying the minority status of Jews in order to uphold intersectional arguments that justify anti-Semitism today. Uh, And so a whole bunch of other people criticized her for these remarks as well. Uh, and then Goldberg issued an apology, uh, which was um, a lengthy apology. And then she did this on the show. And then she went on the late show with Stephen Colbert, however, after the apology. And it seemed like she kind of backtracked a little bit from the apology. take a take a listen to this on colbert
2: have you Have
3: you come to understand that the Nazis saw it as race? Well, because they might like well, asking the Nazis, they would say, Yes, it's a racial issue. Well, see, this is what's interesting to me, because the Nazis lied. It wasn't. They they had issues with ethnicity, not with race, because most of the Nazis were white people and most of the people they were attacking were white people. So to me, I'm thinking, how can you how can you say it's about race if you are fighting each other? So it all really began because I said, how will children, how will we explain to children what happened in Nazi Germany? This wasn't, I said, this wasn't racial. This was about white on white. And everybody said, no, 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 it was racial. And so that's what this all came from. So once again, don't write me anymore, I know how you feel, okay, I already know, I get it. And. uh I'm going to take your word for it and never bring it up again. We have to take a quick break, uh, but stick around. We're right back with more.
1: So there was a segment there. And she, so if you notice that she, she didn't seem to be apologetic there, she said, I don't write me anymore. I know what you're saying. And I heard it. I don't want to talk about this ever again. So uh, quite the tactic to take there, which <laughs> didn't really feel very apologetic. Um, But the backlash is continuing. And actually, just a little bit ago on uh, the program, they had uh, on today's The View, they had um, Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League, and he explained to Whoopi how the Nazis viewed Jews as a subhuman race and that it was racialized anti-Semitism and went on to explain that even in the Jim Crow South, that they took a lot of basically pointers on how to segregate and discriminate based on race from the Nazis. So um, so he had to go on there and explain that. And uh, also, too, there was a Holocaust survivor who uh, took to Twitter. Her name is uh, Lucy Lapiner. And um, she said that I might be 80 years old, uh, 88 years old, but I have the energy to come on your show and talk to Whoopi Goldberg and all the girls about the Holocaust. I think we can have a meaningful conversation. She's the author of Long Journey Home, a young girl's memoir of surviving the Holocaust. She was six back Mm. in 1939 and living in Poland when the Nazis invaded and she and her older sister and their parents were forced to flee. Um, She lost her... uh, Her mother lost her entire family in in the Holocaust and she herself wound up barefoot in Hungary and Siberia and uh, uh, in Central Asia before she finally ended up making it to uh, America. So... Uh, so why does it matter? I mean, obviously, as we get farther and farther away from the Holocaust and we have more modern conversations on, you know, white supremacy and racial, you know, racism and things of that nature, um, you know, there, there's problematic views that arise on what actually happened in the Holocaust. And so to kind of dismiss it as just general sort of sin and general violence and general hate uh, it really diminishes what actually happened, which uh, as you know, the ADL said and others said that, no, they actually viewed Jews as a different race. Therefore, it is racism. There, there's not only one form of racism is what people are trying to say here. So um, so obviously it matters because, you know, if you forget history or if you, you change history, you're doomed to repeat it. And so clearly we don't want to see that again.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you go back to 1919, September 16th. This was the first time that Hitler actually addressed this question. You have to kind of go back to him. You know, she's using this word race, throwing it around, saying it's not about race. Hitler himself said that the effect of the Jewish presence was, quote, a race tuberculosis of the peoples. And so it's very clear that she seems to have some confusion about the term race and You know, it's a human invented term. There's a whole history to it. In fact, the National Museum of African American History and Culture addresses this in a very long article that they have on the Smithsonian website where you can kind of read about it. But she's sort of, you know, separating race out as this thing that that isn't even really a biological concept. Ethnicity is, and we know for sure that Hitler saw race and ethnicity as the same thing. And so it seems like a settled issue. I don't, what's confusing to me is why you would release a statement, um, apologize and then get some praise for it and then do a show and undo it. almost At the same time. That's very confusing PR wise. I don't get it. No.
0: Well, I, you know, I think this is what we get when we have a debate that's fully built off of nebulous terms that we've created and concocted, uh, as a result of our sin, uh, and this is too also a product of of the intersection intersectionality. I think that's why Ben Shapiro probably used the word insidious because it's all so slippery and hard uh, to define. Uh, because particularly, there's a history with Jewish people of uh, particularly with the there there are issues on the the far right, just as there are issues on the far left. But with the left, it's well, if if you're a successful jewish person a lot of times it's because you're white passing and you're a beneficiary of of white supremacy or uh, a culture that props up white people uh, and if you are discriminated against it's in its own bracket of of mistreatment but it's not seen as racism because to the you know a, a far left group you would be seen as white passing or white adjacent or whatever so so much of this is just so Uh, littered with with our own sinfulness that it's hard to have an actual conversation about it because we know from scripture God created humanity one human race the only distinction he gave us is male and female which that's a whole other issue (laughs) we've talked about plenty on this show um But that is the only distinction that God gave humanity. There's one human race. He didn't create Hispanic people and black people and white people. He created male and female. He created humanity. Um, So we've concocted and created this race issue. And I think, unfortunately, we're just continually reaping the consequences of of our obsession with this. That certainly doesn't mean the discrimination persecution wrongful action doesn't happen based off of skin color, ethnicity, all that. It absolutely 100% does. You'd be crazy to say that it doesn't. And There's plenty of reason to be educated on it because we do not want to repeat the, the atrocities that we've committed in the past, but the root issue is sin. It's not race. Race is something we created.
2: Mm. Yeah yeah and it's it's just incredibly sad and this is what you know you look at scripture what does the enemy try to do he tries to kill destroy separate harm you know all of the things that i think as a culture we do when we don't handle these issues properly and correctly this to me was a major misstep there was an opportunity to apologize for it and you know i just i can't i can't for the life of me understand why you would then go back to the original definition that got you in trouble yeah. Other, so now other she's, than been,
0: pride. she's been. She's uh, been corrected by Jonathan Greenblatt now twice. I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to go for the trifecta, and she's going <laughs> to double, right. triple down, and gonna have to be corrected by Greenblatt again. I don't know, but I think Dane, you're right. This is a, this is pride. This is the sinfulness of pride uh, leaking into every aspect of humanity, and race is just one of the ways uh, that we see our pride and our arrogance mm. bubble up uh, in, in sinful ways. Evil. I mean, it's, it's,
2: yes. Yeah. We see true evil when we see people mistreating others made in the image of God based on where they came from, what they look like, right. The way they look, their attributes. I mean, this is, it is pure evil. It is everything that is, that is anti gospel. And the fact, I mean, look, it's, there's one good side to this coming out this week is that we have a chance to talk about this because it is something that is incredibly important to speak about. Um, but but also the anti-Semitism that rages around the world, and we see this everywhere, yeah. to continue to have these conversations on platforms like The View and not get called out for that. I'm glad that she was called out because it, again, helps us focus on the fact that this is still very real and it's happening all over the world.
1: Yeah, indeed.
0: Yeah. All right. So this will be a a hard turn away from that (laughs) discussion, but uh, I want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. So obviously he uh, is retiring. He made news just a a couple days ago uh, announcing that he's going to be retiring from the the Steelers, obviously as a quarterback. But it resurfaced some of his past comments about pornography and alcoholism and his struggles with an addiction to, to both. So two summers ago, he spoke at the Man Up, pittsburgh conference where he opened up, up about his personal issues with pornography uh, this is what he had to say people don't realize all the time that us athletes we sin like everybody else he said i'm no different we make mistakes we get addicted to things we sin we're human and i think sometimes we get put on this pedestal where we can't make mistakes but we do Uh, He said, I've fallen as short as anybody. I've been addicted to alcohol. I've been addicted to pornography, uh, which makes me then not the best husband, not the best father, and not the best Christian I can be. But you have to dedicate yourself and understand that you can get out of it because of the grace of God and him saying, you're good enough for me the way you are. You don't have to be perfect. And obviously we don't have to be perfect because Jesus took on our imperfection on the cross. uh, and, And now because we've been washed clean. God sees us as as perfect uh, because of that sacrifice. Uh, so Roethlisberger went on to say that all people fall short. Obviously a reference to Romans three twenty three. This is all have fallen short of the glory of God. He said, but that's okay. You can get back into the good graces, and all it takes is to ask. And how easy is it for us to use our words? We don't have to go do a bunch of things. We don't have to go and do a bunch of services and do all of this. All we have to do is ask. If we ask for forgiveness, he's going to say, okay. And that's how lucky we are. So the famous athlete uh, who credits his wife uh, for his return to faith, his wife is Ashley Harlan. Uh, He married her in 2011. 2011. Uh, He said that he was raised Christian, uh, but strayed from his religious roots when he went to college. And looking back, though, he said he didn't ever fully uh, abandon his faith. And this will be point number two here, because I think it's important, particularly for um, younger people who are listening to the podcast Uh, is he said that he wishes he had spent more time in college dedicating himself to his relationship with God. Uh, He said that although he prayed here and there, he was not a strong Christian during his college career, and that's a decision he now deeply regrets. Um, then just a few years ago, he was—he said he was baptized as a child, but he ended up being rebaptized when he de- rededicated his life to Christ. He said, "I just felt that I needed to do that. I wanted to have a closer walk, a better relationship with Jesus, with my wife, my kids, my family, and become a better person." Now he said, "I'm trying to be a better Christian than I am an athlete." Uh, In football, and he said, I push myself every day to do that, Uh, and it starts here. He said, and he was pointing to uh, his Bible. Uh, So it's really cool to see this is why it matters. I think it's awesome to see somebody being vulnerable, somebody as, as famous, well-known, beloved as, uh, well, if you like the Steelers, beloved, but uh, as Rothsberger sure. saying, look, I struggled with an addiction to pornography. I struggle with alcoholism, probably because like so many people, he was looking for identity in those things. He was looking for a sense of belonging, uh, a, a sense of contentment or peace uh, from life's difficulties, the trials that we all go through. And he found that uh, in those things. But we know that those are insufficient. Uh, they're not going to satisfy us uh, because they're, they're just a bottomless pit that requires more and more and more of us. Uh, whereas Christ gives himself fully to us. Uh, we're receiving when we go to Christ. Uh, and when we go to pornography and alcoholism, we're giving uh, out of emptiness. Um, so it's really cool to see him be vulnerable and talk about his past struggles. Uh, and then at the end of his interview, point people to where it all starts, where, you know, the reform all comes from, uh, which is scripture, which is, you know, turning to God's word. Um, So, you know, I think it's a good reminder that we all uh, we all go through difficult trials, uh, but the starting point is the same for all of us to fix that, which is the foot of the cross uh, and God's word.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I will just chime in on uh, something you said earlier there in the story, Trey, when, when Ben was saying that, uh, you know, Contrary to popular belief that uh, us athletes are not, uh, you know, spotless. We're not perfect. Uh, I've watched enough sports and followed enough players that uh, I'm quite aware of that. <laughs> quite aware of that. This is these these uh, athletes. But I, but I get what he's saying, though, because people do. Yeah. You do tend to not. Well, we I mean, idolize them, you know. Right, right. And like in the social media age, I guess we see more of the athletes' private lives now. But I mean, I remember when the whole Tiger Woods meltdown happened. You know he was super private, yeah. so you just, you just automatically assumed he was this clean cut, wholesome guy that was just you know living this you know sort of Ned Flanders kind of life, and uh, not the case at all. So um, you know, especially for pro athletes, the temptations are real. Um, you know, the the availability to have to get into trouble is just much higher. So, uh, so it's good to see him pointing people uh, in the right direction.
2: Yeah, it is now. And I think we need more of that, more of that vulnerability and honesty because the fame and the lights and the money and all that, it distracts people from the fact that these are actually human beings, just like all of us. And they're going through real life struggles. And if they can get through it, you know, they're seen as heroes in so many other ways, then then maybe we can get through it, too. And I think there's some some good lessons there and some good ways to be using fame. I know you two guys.
1: I know. uh, Sorry, Trey, but I I know you two guys are uh, not big sports nuts um and so i'm not sure how excited you are about the super bowl coming up in a couple weeks uh but this is a fun good time food, though yeah it's good it's a good time i think for us because we get to write a lot of stories to surprise people i think at how many of these athletes are christians i mean we've already written about cooper cup uh yeah. and even matthew stafford and his wife they're going to be in the super bowl obviously
2: is he stanley cup's brother no i'm kidding i'm joking it's a joke. <laughs>
1: uh but so anyway more of those stories will come out and it's always fun to see you know these players that um maybe you wouldn't have got to hear about if they weren't in the super bowl that that have good faith so i'm looking forward to these next two weeks uh the halftime show probably not who's doing the halftime show does anyone know eminem eminem okay
0: yeah 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 all right yeah should be interesting very family friendly Uh, (laughs) yeah there was something else i wanted to mention too, and to your point about celebrity or uh, athletes who are going to be talking about their faith or, you know, will have faith stories coming out. That was something else that Roethlisberger talked about is he said, I want to be a front facing believer. Like I want to be open about my faith because I want people, young people in particular to know it it's cool to be a Christian. Like you, it is. It's a great thing to be a believer, and you can still be the greatest athlete or greatest in whatever field you're in, and be a strong believer and be outspoken about it. He said, "I you know he kind of wanted to pave the way for people who uh, want to talk about their faith and tell them, look, you should talk about your faith. It's something worth sharing." And two, I think it's really cool that. He's being so transparent about pornography because it's such a pervasive issue in our culture. I was listening to a a stat uh, not that long ago, a few days ago that said I, I might be getting the details not completely right. But it's I think it was saying that they they added up the logins for people who went on Twitter and Netflix and YouTube, you know, one other platform. And all of them, like all three or four outlets, platforms that are hugely traffic platforms put together, that's how many people traffic a pornography website hmm. every single day. Uh, is It takes three platforms together to get to the number of people who go to one pornography website uh, every single day. So it's it's great to see somebody like Rothsberger say, hey, I dealt with pornography and you can beat it. Because when you see somebody who's like him, as successful as he is, and he's beaten it, it gives every everybody else, I think, a little bit of like, oh, you can exhale. Okay, if he can do it, I, you know, I can do yeah. it too. Uh, and it's, it's good to see people talking about that issue in particular.
2: Indeed. All right. well that brings us to our last story here and this is really one of those inspiring stories that shows that the gospel is really all we need and it's involving a group out in Africa it's the Afro Mission and Evangelism Network and they work on basically going to towns throughout Africa that have not heard the gospel. These are unreached people groups and uh, one of the guys who runs that group Oscar Amachina, he spoke with the Christian Post and he was telling them about this story that he personally experienced of going out and they were ministering and he called it a really difficult mission field. I think it was in Nigeria where this unfolded. They're out there ministering to people and this group and i mean imagine these are people who have never heard the gospel some of them are are going to get violent and this particular group came to actually kill these missionaries and oscar was among them and they they confessed to them that they were there to kill them and they saw that they had machetes they had swords and he said quote we believed that this was our last breath and so here are these missionaries they're absolutely terrified and you know all of a sudden they make a decision right instead of panicking and screaming and begging for them not to kill them they they actually say that they gave them rice and spaghetti and cream and soup so they decided to make their final act something of generosity and love and kindness and so they give these militants all of this stuff stuff that they have no access to and all of a sudden they leave they 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 leave. And so they then return. And one of the leaders through an interpreter says to these missionaries, quote, we were here to kill you since we are poor. No one has ever given us gifts, but because of these gifts, we want to become Christians. So not only like, Hey, we don't want to kill you. We actually also want to become Christians. And Oscar said, he's like, I could not believe that this was their reaction here. They are (laughs) terrified. They think they're going to be killed by this group. And so then they go on to lead this group to Christ. He called it wonderful and awesome, and he said that it was an eye-opener. And here's the why it matters. I'm going to actually use Oscar's quote to drive this home. He said, quote, Since that day, we have never resisted showing kindness. There's power in kindness and love, and that is what we believe in ministry. And so, of course, not every encounter ends so positively. We know there are people who are martyred for their faith all over the world. Um, this is amazing work that this group is doing. But it is a reminder that when we live out Jesus' command to love God and love others, that it can have a transformational impact. In the immediate, it saved their lives. Eternally, it led this you know people group to find Jesus. I mean, that's an incredible testimony and testament to all of us you know who are looking to minister to people and and again we're doing it in mission fields that are not dangerous that are not deadly here are people out there doing it when their lives are on the line and what a cool way to end you know that that particular story right that they got these people saved
1: yeah remarkable stuff absolutely i mean it's just it never ceases to me uh, to amaze me to see how god moves just from simple acts of faith like this you know uh, there's no fancy arguing you know, there is no big debate going through all the tough questions and this and that. Um, it's just a simple act of you know kindness and love, as you said. And 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 look what God can do with that. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know, I, I, it's so easy. I think as a Christian in the West, at least I've been guilty of this: is we uh, kind of abstract scripture, like we think of it as something that's kind of removed from our everyday life and experience, and we 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 will, will extract maybe spiritual principles. Um, but we don't think about the fact that the rubber will eventually meet the road and we're going to have to apply this stuff with other human beings. And it made me think of uh, the the passage in Matthew. It says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to them that hate you and pray for them with uh, uh, which uh, despite you (laughs) misquoting this, but um, pray for them who persecute you is what I was trying to say. Um, So it's, it's really cool to see, um, people actually living this out and seeing and reaping the fruit of it of the holy spirit transforming people's lives as a product of it. Uh, so it's a it's a fantastic reminder not just of what god can do but of the importance of our obedience to what god says in his word.
1: Mm. Absolutely. All right. Well, that is uh that's all the time we have for today, guys. I um, appreciate you being here on the podcast. As always, you can head on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. And uh, we will be back here tomorrow with more. And until then, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Have a fantastic, fantastic rest of your day. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.